probability that one or more team members may be infected by intruder organism. 75%. If intruder organism reaches civilized areas, entire world population infected 27,000 hours from first contact. Welcome back to the Thing Minute podcast, where we discuss John Carpenter's 1982 science fiction horror masterpiece, The Thing, one minute at a time. I'm Harper W. Harris from HarperWHarris.com, and joining me again today is Martha Moore. And today we are digging into some good stuff. This is minute. Uh, we are on minute 29, where we really get into some uh, some crazy stuff in this movie. What this movie's known for. So, minute 29 begins with uh, with the dogs looking at the other dog, being kind of wary of it. And then uh, it ends a minute later with the with the totally crazy looking thing transformation, squirting something on one of the other poor dogs. <laughs> oh God! It's become some kind of insect dog thing, the thing. Yes. And there's and I don't know if you know, I just noticed this again, but you see something, another piece of it, like a big fur ball, off to like right in front of it, just kind of like squirming. Ooh, no, I have to look. I'm, I'm, I've got it on a loop in front of me. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's gross. I don't even know what that is. But yeah, it's like moving away from it. Yeah. That's creepy. I've never noticed that before. Yeah, it looks just like, it almost looks like a big fuzzball, like it's just a hairball or something. It's definitely like moving away from it. It's uh, moving on its own. That's really creepy. I never noticed that before. <laughs> yeah. I guess oh, it's one man. of the legs, but yeah, it's, you can tell it's kind of, that's, it's like, got a, it's a puppet. Somebody's got their arm up in there, moving it around and squirming around. It's pretty gross looking, but, uh, yeah. So we start with the, uh, the, the dog. I think this is the rubber dog still actually. Oh, cause it's, I, I think it is. Cause it's sitting there like unnaturally still <laughs> and you start to hear it breathe in a really kind of it's like it's like kind of breathing but kind of growling. Like it almost sounds like somebody like trying to do like a dog growl noise through like a straw or something like that. It's Oh it, yeah. It's very weird sounding. Um and all the dogs start to kind of freak out. And then uh then we start to get the real transformation. So I can't even imagine I, I wish I could remember when I like how I felt the first time I saw this movie. But I can't imagine when people saw this in theaters and all of a sudden that dog's face splits open, people must have lost their minds. Like, I can't even imagine. Yeah, like, that's other level right there. I mean, the dog face, it it just pops off and then out comes this tongue. It's squirrel, squirming all around. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's... That- <laughs> It's totally insane. Like, well, and what makes it more really scary is that before the face splits open, that dog face looks totally real. Like, I would totally buy that that was a real dog. And to, and, and then his, when it his face, like, peels back like some kind of bloody flower. flower. And it's so, yeah, like a flower. <laughs> it's so scary. Like, that's just really disturbing. And it's then, just wrong. I mean... Yeah, that's it's, just wrong. <laughs> yeah, and then so uh, so once the it peels back, then there's like, it's like the skull of the dog, I guess, just sort of falls out. Like it's just totally not, like, I guess it's like it doesn't even care if it looks like a dog anymore. So it just 
like the exoskeleton or or whatever just sort of falls away and that that huge gross tongue comes out which it seems like every form of the that the thing takes in this movie has some kind of like long tongue i guess it's always something so that they can grab the victim and pull it closer maybe that's like one thing in common it's that and like the spider legs always seem to come into play yeah oh god and then the tentacles yeah that, to me that's the freakiest part those t- tentacles are just flapping around going so fast it's like definitely like an insect but you're just like like how they get those tentacles to just fly around like that yeah that's one thing that's one part of this effect that i i haven't really heard much about i'm really curious how they did it i mean it looks almost like one of those um you remember those like sprinkler toys you could get you could plug up your hose and it had all those tubes that would like fly around it's like it's almost like that i wonder if they did something where they're like pumping air through it but i'll bet i'll bet they did it like in reverse like they were flopping around and then they pulled them back into the puppet and then just oh. play it. That's my best guess because it looks crazy. It looks really crazy. I know. They're really flying around there like super fast. I mean, yeah. that's just – I mean, it's one thing to see the blood and the metamorphosis and the legs sprout out. But then these tentacle things flying around, that's just takes it over the edge. Yeah, they're pretty creepy. Um, so, yeah, the face gets all messed up. The tentacles start shooting at the back. And then we get the um, we we see, we see it like a whole nother form where it's just kind of like writhing on the floor, and then that's and that's when the spider legs start to come out, which are also just like, holy shit! Like this is crazy because <laughs> uh, they're like these big, giant, like hairy-looking spider legs, um, and the sounds that go along with them are just off. It's like this crack. It's like people cracking like chicken bones and stuff while the legs are coming out. It's super gross sounding. Yeah, and I think I was trying to count. I think it's it's got six legs, so it's like just this gross looking insect thing it's moving okay. around. And I think I don't I, I've I've read a lot about the monster in the very end of the movie, like how many puppeteers and stuff they had. I don't know how many it's gotta be at least like four or five guys underneath like controlling this thing. Cause they've like the tongue is moving around, they've got those tentacles flying around, the legs are coming out. And then you've got like the like the hands, like the dog's paws are moving around. Like there's just a lot of moving parts. Like none of it looks really fake. You can't tell it's like a puppet just because there's so many different things happening at once. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's all looks very real. It's just totally insane. And then, yeah, so the dogs are all just like losing their minds, uh, like totally justifiably. <laughs> Um, I know. And the poor thing's trying to eat through the fence. Yeah, which that was, I was going to ask, like, can a dog, I wonder if a dog could really do that. Like, that seems like that would be really difficult to chew through, like, a chain link fence like that. Like, like I wonder if it's possible in real life, but I also wonder, like, what it was made of in the movie that, like, how they got that dog to do that. I know. I mean, it looks like real chain. I mean. Yeah, it looks very real. And it actually looks like he does pull some of it off at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe it's like I, made of licorice or something <laughs> or peanut butter. Maybe they put peanut butter on it. I don't know. <laughs> dogs love peanut butter. It's true. <laughs> yeah. But, it's, oh God. The distress, those poor dogs, like that, that's what really got me in this scene. Like that poor dog. You, oh my gosh. It's hard. It's hard to watch because, and then the poor thing gets squirted by some kind of, like projectile acid spit. yeah 
it's um, or something. <laughs> I know in, in the in the special effects, it's what uh, they say it's carbapole, which is like I was trying to read up on this, but it's like I, I don't I don't know that much about chemical stuff because i don't think it's always used for special effects but it's something that you can mix with water and it just makes like a real thick goopy liquid and um but on the commentary john carpenter says it's the stuff they use in twinkies <laughs> so oh. so you know as as awful as i feel really bad for this dog because it looks super uncomfortable with this whole situation but at least maybe maybe they get to eat like twinkie stuff after they were done they kind of cleaned it off <laughs> i don't know but yeah, that poor dog, it looks so upset getting squirt with that stuff. I feel terrible. And the howling and the, the yelping, it's just, oh, you feel for those dogs. So um, yeah, this scene's got a lot of interesting sound stuff going on and that there's actually a funny story about how they got the sounds of all the dogs. So there's this guy that was on the sound team named um, Colin Moat. I don't know how you pronounce it. It's M-O-U-A-T. Um, but the way he was able to get the sound of all, just a whole bunch of dogs just kind of going crazy is he they he rounded up a whole bunch of dogs, like just stray dogs from his neighborhood, and then put them all in his house. And then him and his, uh, I think him and his kids uh, walked, they put, this is so crazy, they put like trench coats on and then walked around the house like banging on the windows. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just like, oh I guess, gosh. trying to make these dogs think somebody was... I don't know if the trench coat stuff was really necessary. Like, I think anybody walking around banging <laughs> on the windows probably would have done it. But... Um, <gasps> Just kind of freaked them all out and then recorded recorded the dogs all, you know, barking and whining and going crazy while they were doing that, which I thought was pretty pretty insane. That seems like a pretty over-the-top way to have to go about getting this. <laughs> You know, PETA would not have liked that nope. in this day and age. I don't think that would fly now. Um, or at least you couldn't write about it. No, certainly they wouldn't have. They, they would not have told anybody. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably much, much nicer ways to get. I mean, I guess, I guess it's tough. That's probably something that uh, you know, people who do sound libraries and stuff for a living, it's probably tough to find a way to make. Because, like, you know, when you're getting sounds of of animals, you know, one of the sounds that you need is like sounds of an animal, like. <laughs> you know, sad or getting hurt in, or crying, you know, and how to do that yeah. without the dog or the animal actually getting hurt is probably pretty challenging. So I don't know, maybe that's on the lower scale of, of bad things people have done to get good recordings. <laughs> I mean, it seems like, I mean, cause they're very authentic sounding. I mean, yeah, your heart hurts just listening to it. Oh God. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty awful if you're a dog lover, for sure. (laughs) It's pretty. This is a pretty heart wrenching scene, I guess, for sure. But um, yeah, I I also think it's interesting. This scene has no music whatsoever. Like, not even any of the like kind of drones or anything like that. Like, it's just the sounds of the dogs and the and the creature, which makes it even scarier. I think. Yeah, I think so. I mean, as a musician composer, I I hate it when. Uh, the scene's actually better without any of that in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but it is. I mean, it's just you in that cage with that creature. Yeah, and that's true. You, the whole the camera never leaves the the kennel at all. So you're always like right up next to it. So it definitely gives you that same sense of like claustrophobia like the dogs like you just can't get away from it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And um, the one trying the he got the gets the hole pretty big 
uh, he's chewed away a lot of the fence. I almost second time I watched it, I'm like, jump, just jump. <laughs> yeah, he almost makes it, but then yeah, he gets gets that uh, that Twinkie juice squirt all over him. <laughs> And yeah, you have to wonder too, that that's one thing that, um, none of the other like thing transformations ever do is, is like squirt liquid at anything. Like this is the only time that ever happens in the movie. So I wonder why, why that is like, if it's some kind of like, I guess that maybe kind of goes with like the spider kind of theme. Like maybe it's some kind of digestive thing. Like it, I guess later when you see that, I think that's that same dog that you see later. And he's kind of like, not like decomposing, but like his hair's like kind of falling off. Like it's really kind of nasty looking like it's, and it's almost like it paralyzed him or something. Um, yeah. 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 But it's pretty gross looking. <laughs> well, I guess the fur cause tarantulas are furry, but yeah. they don't spit. Do they spit? I don't know. Stuff? I don't know if any spiders actually do. I know they have like, a lot of spider bites like paralyze animals and stuff, but yeah. Okay. I don't know if there's any animals that actually like, I guess there are some animals that like shoot liquid out at at stuff. Like trying to think, I think there may be some lizards or snakes that maybe do that. Yeah. Snakes that are cobras do that. Yeah. They spit. Yeah. You definitely don't want to be in that line of fire there. Yeah. Or maybe it's like a skunk thing. I don't know. (laughs) But it's just like this one's so, it's just like relentless. It's like, psh, it just, you know, dog's trying to get away and there's nowhere for it to go. Yeah. If, and, if you didn't feel so much for the dog, it would almost look kind of silly because it is, it doesn't look like any kind of organic like spray. Like it's definitely like a hose, like a garden hose shooting this stuff out. Like it's, yeah. such, it's such a strong stream of whatever it is he's shooting at that dog. <laughs> Dogs do not like to be squirt with water either. No, that's pretty um, pretty clear here. If you didn't know already, <laughs> yeah. And and I, the other thing uh, interesting here, this is the first time we get the cicada sound that um, is oh. is one of the things that's um, real famous sound wise in this movie that they use. That something that a lot of horror movies now use for like kind of alien stuff, but I think this was the first movie to really kind of use that. But it definitely kind of adds to the insect quality and. And it's just, you know, it, it, especially if you don't know what it is, I guess, it, it does have kind of an otherworldly quality to it. Um, yeah, well, now that you call it a cicada, that makes perfect sense. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. But it just sounds like cicadas for sure. Yeah, but it, it's kind of like, it's almost like a rattling kind of sound. So you can almost feel like it's some kind of like, like a, like a rattlesnake or something or, but it, yeah, it definitely is, is a creepy noise that so works really well for this, but. Yeah, living living in the South in the summers, we're quite familiar with that. <laughs> you know, I noticed there's a little bit of steam coming off of this creature too at one point, and it's all it, to me when you hear the cicadas, it makes me think of heat. Yeah, and summer, and like this thing is just boiling inside. Yeah, it's, um, every time they show the thing in, in any kind of form, you always get a sense that it's very hot and like and wet and gross on the outside. Like, well, because I guess part of it, like all the transformations involve like like some kind of internal organ stuff. Like it's it's not just like a, a your regular your average monster creature. Like it's it's like half open all the time. Like you're always seeing inside of it. So there's always like blood and and guts and organs and stuff that are exposed which is just really kind of (laughs) nasty yeah yeah and when the one of the legs i keep honing in on it every time i watch it on loop the legs popping out of the hole 
of the dog. Yeah. Like it's sprouting its legs. And for some reason, that is just gross. That is so gross. Yep. Coming out of the fur and everything about it. It's it's pretty outrageous, especially considering that up to this point, we really like this is one of the more like insane transformation sequences in the movie. And it's like up to this point, we really haven't seen anything like this at all. So it's really shocking. Like, I can't imagine people seeing this movie and just having no idea what they're getting in for when this happens. (laughs) It's pretty crazy. Yes. Um, Yes. So this seems like an obvious place to mention the, um, the the special effects uh, person for this movie, Rob, Rob Botin, which I think I know they had another guy, Stan Winston come in and do a lot of the dog stuff, but I think he mostly did the stuff like when they come in and see it for the first time. I don't know if he did this part too. Okay. Um, This part seems much more in line with like the other thing transformation. So I, I tend to think this is probably one of Rob Botin's ones. He originally, they had, when they were right, writing the script and, and coming up with kind of the designs and stuff. The monster was, it was much more like, like they picked out a couple designs of like what it would look like. And they, every time it transformed, it would turn into like the same kind of thing. But Rob Oteen had this idea that like, if this is this alien creature that has been traveling through space and, you know, assimilating all these other creatures that when it transforms, it basically kind of shows all the other things that it has ever assimilated. So like, that's, that's the idea of like where oh. like the giant tongue and the the legs and so all this stuff is you know the idea is that it's all from other stuff that it's assimilated on other planets and things like that so it's like this nasty amalgamation of all these other alien creatures that it's encountered which is a pretty cool idea um that is cool and it certainly gives and, them a lot of leeway to make whatever they want <laughs> and don't they say insects are, are the most populous uh, animal on the planet. Yeah. Like we're outnumbered by insects, like 10 to one or something. Yeah, or that's true. Yeah. I think. It's... And so the same thing would be true for the universe perhaps. Yeah. That's a good point. Like, yeah, maybe, you know, in outer space at the same ratio applies that most of other, most other alien creatures in this universe would also be insectoid. Cause yeah, it is something crazy. Like it's like, there's a new insect species discovered every like two days or something. And they, they out, like insects outnumber us by some huge ratio. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you're right. Maybe that is why. But yeah, it's it's a it's a creepy idea, but it also gives them a lot of um, a lot of the ability to be really creative with some of the designs because they don't have to stick with like, okay, well, the thing is like a spider creature. Uh, it's like no, the yeah. thing is whatever you want it to be. Like you can make it as crazy as you want. And um, they definitely went went pretty wild with it. <laughs> That's why there's no other name for it except thing. Yeah, there's no other way to describe it really because it, it looked, <laughs> it, you know, you, it's, it's the same everything. monster, but you see it in you know four or five different forms in this movie alone. So uh, yeah, it's a it's pretty awesome. It's uh, definitely unlike any other horror movie monster um, that I've ever seen. Definitely get uh, get some crazier looking looking things than you usually get to see. The only thing I could relate it to is the blob. Yeah. But because the blob, what is the blob? It's just a blob. Yeah. It's not an amalgamation of lots of different creatures, but it's there's nothing left really you can call it except a big blob. Yeah, that's true. It, and, it, and it's another kind of alien creature that found its way to Earth and 
eats, you know, eats or takes over other, other living beings and stuff. You know, I'd, I'd be curious to know, I don't remember what year that the eighties blob movie came out, but I'll bet that has a lot of the same special effects people on it too. Cause that movie's got some pretty oh. crazy, pretty crazy effects of people getting like half digested inside this like big goop and getting pulled. I think somebody gets pulled down through like a sink, you know, the bottom of a sink, they get pulled through the little hole Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's oh, pretty. I know what ever, I'm watching later. Yeah, have you ever have you ever seen the '80s one? I, you know, I don't know if I have. It's I'm really sure good. I have, but maybe when I was a kid. It's pretty. It's got some goofy moments, but it's re- the, some of the special effects and stuff are really good. It's pretty crazy. I, it's a pretty good wow. one. I like it. You know, it'd be a good one to pair with this one for sure. Some good uh, outer space crazy special effects stuff going on. Oh wow! So uh, yeah. But yeah, this is um this is definitely one of this is one of the first minutes where we get to really see what this movie is really known for these these kind of insane transformations and these these special effects that really changed the way that um people thought about what you could do with special effects instead of just like you know oh he gets stabbed or he gets cut open or somebody gets shot but this is like just totally a whole another level of of what you can do with special effects and really make, you know, elevating it to some kind of insane art form where you really create something completely new that nobody could have even really imagined before and putting it on, on film is pretty awesome. Computer, how likely is it that one of our guests may be infected with the intruder organism? 100%. Great. In that case, what are our chances of survival? Projection. If guests make it to other podcasts, all of iTunes will be infected within 27,000 hours. Yikes. Well, how long can we keep this up in the meantime? Projection. Without listener support, the generator will be destroyed in less than 24 hours and podcasting will be impossible. If only the radio wasn't down, we could reach the mainland and tell the listeners to go to thethingminute.com and use the donate button in the bottom right of the page to help out. Projection. If listeners go to thethingminute.com and use the donate button, chances of the podcast survival goes up 75%. Windows, keep trying. Yeah, I mean, what other movies came before this that were even comparable? I mean... Alien, obviously, was seventy when seventy nine that yeah. came out. Mm-hmm. When did this come out? Eighty two. Yeah. So yeah, this definitely kind of follows in some of those footsteps. But even it's funny to think John, um, John Carpenter has actually said that although he really likes Alien and thinks it's great, he um, in this movie he he did not want to have a guy in a suit. Like to him, I guess just as a horror filmmaker, he could never look past it that to him the alien was always just a guy in a suit, even if it was you know, really crazy looking design and everything like that. Oh, interesting. uh, Yeah. I mean, I guess the only other things that really came close to this are like um, American werewolf in London and the howling with the werewolf transformations, which is the howling is where Rob Bottin, who did this movie came from. That was the thing he did before this that got him noticed by John Carpenter. Um, And then he worked with him on the fog, but uh, yeah, those two movies, both of those have really insane. That, that one, you know, is uh, uh, this is my favorite horror movie of all time, and I love the special effects in this movie. But I think the transformation in American Werewolf in London is my favorite special effects oh, yeah. thing ever. It's just so, it's so insane. Like I don't know how they did ninety percent of that. It looks so real. Yeah, and that's the one of the quintessential transformations of all horror movie history. That's like the one. Yeah. That, yeah, and that's that's the one that uh, opened up the standards that everything 
tries to live up to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it definitely set a, a way higher bar than there had been before. And, and that was the movie, too, that established a um, the award, uh, the Academy Award for special, or is it special effects or they, is it visual effects? I can't remember what they call it, but that was the movie they were, oh, they, wow. they, I don't know if they lobbied for that to happen or if, you know, it was just so obvious that this was something totally above above and beyond what had been done before that they, they created that award specifically for that. Um, wow. Which is cr- insane to think that this movie did not win that because th- this is even, you know, it maybe is not as good. Like in some ways, it's not as good as that transformation, but there's so much more like, you know, there's that one transformation in that movie. And in this, there's like six. <laughs> so yeah, it's um, it's pretty insane. And uh, yeah, there's all kinds of interesting stories behind the special effects and stuff for this movie. That's definitely what it's kind of known for. And I know one of the things is, uh, I, I think I mentioned earlier that this some of this dog stuff has been done by another guy, Stan Winston. And the reason for that is because Rob Bottin was literally working seven days a week, like 20 hours a day. At, by the end of the movie, he literally had to be put into a hospital for exhaustion because he was working so hard on these special effects. Like it was such a monumental task to get all this done in time. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, it's not like you can CGI it yeah. or you couldn't do it back then. <laughs> yeah, back back then they didn't ha- really have a choice. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, if if I were going to uh, make, you know, some kind of argument for, for why practical effects should really be- come back in a big way and, and CGI should be, you know, used only when you have to, then this this is the movie I would use to, to make that argument for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's really like the traditionalists movie it's like use your resources use what you have you know get on a trench coat and bang on your windows <laughs> or get in get in a dumpster yeah no this movie's full of those kind of examples of like just doing it the old-fashioned way like back in my day we just went out and did it ourselves yeah <laughs> <laughs> for sure oh well, yeah so um I don't think I had anything else specifically. I had a lot, a lot of notes for this one, but I think we've kind of covered covered most of most of uh, what I was thinking about talking about. So, anything okay. else you wanted to uh, to mention about this insane sequence? <laughs> no, I mean let's chalk it up to one of the best scenes in horror movie history. No doubt. I mean, scare your pants off. Scenes, love it. Yeah, I mean, like we said, it's just it's crazy. It's on a whole another level, and and. I can't even, I would love, I would give anything to go back in time and, and sit in a theater and just watch people's oh, reactions when this happened. Cause God. you know, you hear stories about people, you know, running out of the theater and throwing up when they saw alien and stuff. But like, if that really freaks people out, <laughs> I can't even imagine what people did when they saw this. Like, this is just so insane. I'll have to tell you my alien story, alien stories, seeing that in the theater. Oh, with yeah? My dad. Yeah. No, go, go ahead. That'd be uh, go ahead. Uh, that'd be great for the podcast. Oh, awesome. Okay, well, uh, you know, I was first born, so whatever they my parents did to me, you know, if they made any mistakes, they learned from it with the <laughs> other kids. But <laughs> my dad and I had this thing where, well, my dad, I guess my dad loves scary movies, but this is how I came to love them so much is my dad took me to see aliens in the theater i think i was six years old maybe eight years old 
I went to, you know, I don't know when I, I, I looked it up, like when it came out, how old I must have been. Yeah. But I remember standing in line very vividly and looking up and seeing the poster of the egg hatching with the neon light shining out of it. And I'm standing there in line with my dad waiting to get tickets. And the guy in front of us turns around and says, oh, you're taking your daughter to this movie? And I'm just standing there. And my dad's like, yeah, she's going with me. Yeah, <laughs> she's ready to see it. Gonna get scared. <laughs> and the funny thing is, I, I don't remember much of the movie. Oh, that's funny. I don't think I closed my eyes that much, but something must have grabbed hold of me because ever since then I just couldn't get enough. I think it was the bonding experience of, you know, being with your parent. Yeah. Going through look the scary thing. He also took me on Space Mountain before there were seat belts, so <laughs> a whole nother kind of scary. Yeah, a whole nother kind of scary. That one I remember being scared, but <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. But uh I mean yeah, it's just the thrill thrill of it. And, you know, I guess that's what kind of got me all into it. Ever since then, I can't get enough of it. And then I think my sister told me a story recently where for one of her sleepovers, she's five years younger than me, with mm-hmm. one of my her sleepover parties, she had a bunch of her friends come over. So we went to the video store to rent a movie. And, of course, I wanted to rent Rosemary's Baby. Awesome. And (laughs) so my sister was like, you want that? Is that scary? I'm like, no, it's not that scary. (laughs) And then we were all watching it in the living room, and they all, all the little girls just started, like, going away. I mean, (laughs) I guess they couldn't. They didn't want to watch it. Slowly, you just realized you were the only one left in the room. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. It's a sick. It's a sickness, but it's. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's funny. I had a very opposite experience where, well, not I guess not totally opposite in that my my dad was too was very into this you know horror movies and stuff like that. But um, my little sister, who's two years younger than me, was way more into it than I was. I was I hated horror movies when I was a kid. I was like, oh wow, super scared of them, and I I was always like getting dragged along to the movies or like, you know, sitting in the corner trying not to watch when they were watching The Exorcist or, uh, you know, The Shining or whatever. And yeah, and it was it wasn't until I was probably in like late middle school or high school that um, my uh, my cousin, who was uh, I, used, I was best friends with and we would uh, always kind of hang out during the summers and everything. He was way into like sci fi and horror and stuff. And so I made I made him promise that if he'd warned me before stuff would jump out, then I would watch some with him. And uh, <laughs> this this was Alien might have been the first one we watched, and then pretty soon after that we watched um, the thing, and that was like I I, I totally one hundred percent turned around after that point. Like this is the movie that made me like okay, I totally get this. Like I'm way into this. This is so awesome. <laughs> so I, I don't know what exactly clicked, but something in my brain, you know. 180 degrees changed when I watched this movie. So from then on, wow. I've been way into horror stuff. But yeah, that's good. Not into it. You as were a kid. convert. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's For usually sure. the opposite. Most people, once if they hate horror movies, I know plenty of adults who can't watch scary movies. Yeah, yeah, that and... always kind of boggles my mind. I'm like, well, what else are you gonna watch? Even like, this is the best stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
It's like, come on, don't you like to be scared? Yeah. And now since Walking Dead and Zombie, everything's so mainstream now. Yeah, that's very true. It's it's pretty I, different now than it used to be. I know. It's like the stuff that we watch oh, now compared to, like, that's ma- so mainstream compared to, you know, it was like avant-garde or it was like uh, edgy back then. Now it's kind of like old hat. Yeah, you you definitely have to go into some pretty nerdy circles to find other people to talk about, like Day of the Dead or something. But now it's like, now if you don't watch Walking Dead, you're like out of the loop at the water cooler. <laughs> it's a yeah. it, that that show. I mean, there's been a lot of like you know kind of genre like Comic Con and all that kind of pop culture stuff has changed the way that you know genre stuff like that has been viewed. But Walking Dead in particular has had such a huge impact on on horror and horror fans. There's just so many more, more people into it than there used to be. Just cool. And I've never heard someone say, well, I just watch it for the, the relationships, the stories about the relationships of the people. <laughs> it's like, no, you like those zombies too. I know you do. <laughs> yeah. Most people are watching it to see who gets killed in the next week. <laughs> well, probably <it's> true. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. So yeah, this movie was definitely, uh, a turning point for me and you know in my my horror education so uh yeah i think uh i think we've more or less covered all the all the gross craziness that uh that happens in this minute this is definitely yeah. a big one so um yeah i uh i think we can we can call that one a wrap um okay so uh, in the meantime, listeners, uh, make sure you go to uh, moviesbyminutes.com for a, an entire collection of other podcasts like this one. Um, so on top of uh, The Thing Minute and, and the guys who started it with Star Wars Minute, there's probably 50 or 60 other podcasts that do this for other movies. So, you know, there, there's an alien one that I, I think I think now they're into the, the second one. They're into aliens now. There's a there's a Back to the Future one. There's all kinds of uh all kinds of movies by minute podcasts. So if you enjoy this, then, uh, then definitely check that out. Probably while we've been podcasting, there's been a new one that has been started during that time. <laughs> there's seems like there's a new one every day. So definitely check that out. But in the meantime, just make sure to come back tomorrow for another episode of the thing minute. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to the thing There you'll find the show notes with links to anything we talked about on this episode and lots of other resources on The Thing. You can also find us on Twitter at The Thing Minute and on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Thing Minute. But most importantly, subscribe, rate, and review us in iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. Check out other podcasts like this at moviesbyminutes.com and be sure to head over to starwarsminute.com to listen to the team that started it all. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Harper signing out. (laughs) 